I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. What up, people? Welcome to another edition of the Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast, featuring the one and only Donnie Ooh, best of what he does. Yes, this is the second episode that was promised for this week. This is also, and more importantly, this is Donnie's second annual half-assed NBA preview. Yeah, I said it. Donnie's second annual half-assed NBA preview. Now, I didn't want to, uh, like I said before, I didn't want to rush through this. And I didn't want one episode to end up being two and a half hours. So I chose to break them up the way I'm breaking them up. Make it say, Daddy, I don't want none. Dropped this past Wednesday. That focused in on the New York football giants. And last weekend's verses between uh, Smooth Operator, Big Daddy Kane, and the teacher, KRS-One. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, listen to my verbal stylings, please. After you finish listening to me that right now, you know, go back one episode in the archives. Check that out. It's actually a personal favorite of mine. Feel like that came out pretty damn good, if I do say so myself. But you're probably wondering, um, well, you know, the title half-assed and not trying to rush through stuff that seems like you're trying to make it a little bit more presentable. There, I say, striving for perfection. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. That's one thing we do not do here on the Sorty Door to Donnie U podcast. We do not strive for perfection at all. Because when you come up short, you have two options, either to give up or to try harder. And I'm a lazy motherfucker. So I try to do this shit once and one time only. If it comes out, great. If it comes out perfect, great. If it doesn't, hey, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. 
But I need to give the haphazardry, if you will, its own personal spotlight in the life of Donnie. Ooh. <laughs> well, that brings me back to the question at hand. If I even said it before, which I don't think I did. But anyway, why do you call these previews half-assed? Well, it originated last year, right at the beginning of the football season. I wasn't really that hyped for the upcoming football you know, regular season last year, you know, because we were still dealing with the pandemic. And we're still dealing with it now, but it was more intense than I, I guess you could say. And uh, throughout the summer, I was dropping episodes sporadically, you know. And um, being the fact there wasn't that much sports to talk about, I was talking primarily about the ongoings in society, the upcoming election, and so forth. So when the NFL really decided that they were going to have a full season, you know, um, albeit with no fans, but they were actually going to have a full season, that gave me more motivation to start this podcast being dropped regularly. And, uh, you know, I was like, damn, I need to, you know, I'm going to start talking about my Jets. I mean, yeah, my Jets and everything. You know, maybe I should give a little preview. And uh, the preview came in actually um, as uh, during the second week, second week of the pre well, second week of the season. I actually dropped the preview, and I'm like, "Damn, how is going to be a preview if the season's already un you know already begun?" So this is kind of half-assed, and uh, that's where the title came from. And I just as luck would have it. Or should I say just the way Donnie ends up intending it to be? Every time I'm about to preview a season, I end up previewing the season after the season had done started. A lot of times, at least after the first slate of games have started. Once again, what kind of preview is it? It's a half-ass preview. If you even consider that to be a preview. And last but not least, in my definition of being a half-assed preview, like I said, the title of this podcast, or should I say the name of this podcast, is The Salty Thoughts of Donnie O. My thoughts, my thoughts alone. Will they coincide with other people's thoughts? Perhaps, probably. In some instances, definitely not. If you're looking for intense stats, you know, intense, uh, shoot, what, imperviations of, of numbers, you know, if you're, if you're looking for me to break down the PER of certain players, the plus, you know, the, the plus minus, you ain't getting that here. There's a million and there's a million and one podcast out there that get into that. We here on the salty thoughts of Donnie Ooh, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, 
We pride ourselves on being unique. We pride ourselves being one of one. We pride ourselves on being the best in the world at what I do, or in this case, at what we do. So, these thoughts are mine alone. So, um, I'm pro- I'm not going to break down division but to division. Matter of fact, I will give you a layout exactly how this here preview is going to go. I have two teams that I have a rooting interest for. Those two teams are the Golden State Warriors and my beloved New York Knicks. So, I'm going to talk about those two teams. They're going to get their own little spotlight, if you will. Then after that, I'm going to break down the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. When I say break down, I'm going to give you my thoughts on who I believe are going to be the top eight to ten teams in those conferences. The East, the Eastern Conference will get their own segment. The Western Conference will get their own segment. And that right there is going to be my Donnie Ooze half-assed NBA preview. Yeah. My Knicks are 2-0. And my Golden State Warriors are 2-0 currently this week. So, yeah, that's that. That's what's on deck this week. Darn, you know, as much as I, uh, you know, I, I, I know most of, the, uh, most of the masses appreciate the audio quality here right now when I'm speaking in the, in the, in a household studio of my palatial estate, i.e. <laughs> my apartment. <laughs> yeah, that's as that's as specific as y'all gonna get. <laughs> um sometimes I, I, I kinda got I kinda got used to the, the car studio, you know. But anyway, neither here there. Let's get this shit on the road before I start really rambling and going on a tangent and really fuck up the beginning of this podcast and i have no intention on doing these shits over again so y'all know the routine buckle in it's going to be a bumpy ride as usual and without further ado good night and goodbye Bang. of course i'm going to lead this off with my new york knicks fresh off their first playoff appearance i believe in the last six Yeah, about the last six years. They were the number four seed in last year's NBA playoffs in the Eastern Conference. Unfortunately, they lost in the first round against our newly found arch nemesis, Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks. During the offseason, the Knicks added key additions to the core of Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, Mitch Robinson. We retained Alec Burks, great pickup last year, great retention this year. Now, that's the preliminary. We brought back Todd Gibson once again. That's the preliminary. First and foremost, we brought in New York City's own UConn great Kemba Walker. 
Do you know why that was such an important pickup? Okay. We have Emmanuel quickly coming into his second year. They uh, made sure that he concentrated on the actual point guard position and running the team during preseason and during the summer league. And he's coming along slowly. You couldn't hand the keys over to him yet. We also retained, and he is not preliminary at all. He just slipped my mind. We also retained the services of Derek freaking Rose. Now, the only problem with Derek Rose is the fact of you cannot run him into the ground because the more you play him, the less results you will receive. And the only way to dissuade Tom Thibodeau from running his favorite son, Derrick Rhodes, into the ground too early into the season. So by the time we get into the playoffs, he done hit that wall time and time again, and he's a shell of his former self, is, or should I say, was to bring in another veteran point guard that Thibodeau will trust to put into the game in those crucial moments. And that point guard that we that I speak of is Kemba Walker. We finally have a true point guard. Now, yes, a lot of people were trying to sleep on him and say, well, you know, the reason why y'all got him is because he's kind of washed up and, you know, his, which his knees and da, 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 da. no, no, no. If we can avoid to running him into the ground, in which we should be able to, we divide the point guard up between Derrick Rose and Kemba Walker. At times, we put them both on the floor together. But right now, when I say this team is stacked from top to bottom, all the pundits out there, all the ESPN drones, and all the Fox, the Fox dickheads out there talking about, yeah, I don't know, the, the Knicks are going to be struggling to, 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 uh, to maintain or be above 500. If you don't get the hell out of my face, Oh, you out your effing mind? Y'all talk, y'all bigging up Miami. Okay, they got Kyle Lowry. So what? Kyle Lowry is like 37 years old. If he was on the Knicks, y'all wouldn't be bigging him up. But I digress. We are stacked from top to bottom. But the point guard position can be divvied up, split up in three ways. You have D Rose, and I like the way they they which guard they uh they had the rotation set last year. A lot of time D Rose was on the floor at the same time with quickly, almost like teaching on the job. And then you can have Kemba and Alec Burks coming off coming off the bench. Another key pickup, which in the first game of the season that went into double overtime against the Boston Celtics. Another key picked up who dropped 32 points in his debut is Evan Fournier, formerly of the Boston Celtics, formerly of the Orlando Magic. He showed out in the Olympics with his, with his um, home, home country team, the, uh, France, He's bringing that momentum right into the season and right into the heart of the Big Apple, baby. 
you have a sharpshooter who can also hit the mid-range slash defense. Yes, he is a step below Bullock, but all these people talking about Reggie Bullock, the loss of Reggie Bullock is going to be crucial. If y'all get the fuck out my face. Reggie Bullock is in Dallas. I want I want to hear all that all that big enough when, when when he's stinking it up in Dallas. It's funny. It's funny. If you look at the Dallas Mavericks roster, I could swear that looks familiar. That almost looks like the New York Knicks team from a couple seasons ago. Only difference is they got Luca. They got Trey Burke. They got Tim Hardaway Jr. They got Kristaps Porzingis. They even picked up Frank Nilakina. And they got Reggie Bullock. That's five, five of their top 11 players of former New York Knicks from just two years ago. Yeah, and I said two years. I didn't say two seasons because part of my uh, lack of enthusiasm for the NBA is the fact of we're currently in the third season in just over a calendar year. But yeah, L- listen to the lineup we have. In the center position, we have Noel, who's recuperating right now or for injury. We have Mitchell Robinson, who's coming back from injury. We got Taj Gibson. So that's, we got Evan Fournier. We got RJ Barrett. We got Alec Burks. We got Emmanuel Quickly, D. Rose, Kemba. And that's not even counting the rookies. Grimes. Unfortunately, Grimes not going to get but so much burn. Knox. We still got Kevin Knox. We go. We can legitimately go 12 deep if we really wanted to. We got Obi Toppin. I, I done forgot about Obi. How... When is the last time we could talk about a New York Knicks roster with the enthusiasm that's emanating from my voice and out my ass right now? It's been a long time. And these ain't washed up plays either. This has a, we have a chance for longevity. We have we are we instilled a culture and Last but not least, and I forgot about him, Julius Randle. Ain't that a bitch? How many people did I just say? 13? 14? And they're all viable players? When is the last time you've, you we've been able to see this, New York Knicks fans? But yet, all the national attention is downtown on Atlantic and Flatbush with their two-and-a-half roster. I'll get to them in a minute. Well, I'll get to them when I get to them. I'm not going to allow allow my hatred for them to intrude on the segment, on the spotlight, on the platform that the New York Knicks richly deserve and richly have earned. We just blew out fucking Orlando by 30 tonight. Drop 21 three-pointers. Franchise record. And only the second game. 
man, you know, I can't even I can't even sit on my high horse and talk about. Well, you know, I I I, I want to see the Knicks, but I'm not really comfortable in uh trying to uh you know sit in a in an arena. I don't care if I'm got stabbed in the arm or not. You know, I I, I just don't. Uh, well, you know, I don't know if the if I if I let anybody know, but the cat's out the bag because I'm going to be at the Barclays Center, unfortunately, to attend the Survivor Series. Next month, November 21st, WWE Survivor Series. Rumor has it The Rock might show up. Don't look like it, though. Anyway, I ain't talking about wrestling this week. But, yeah, this is it's, – it's, it's, I have great vibes for this season. I personally believe we are still – going to be a top four seed in the conference. There's a lot of things that's going to be going on throughout the season. I will admit, Milwaukee, yeah, they're a better team. Can't say that about Philly. They got a lot about, they got a lot of turmoil going around. Can't say that about Brooklyn. They got a lot of turmoil going around. I don't fear Miami. I don't fear Chicago. Who else is there? Toronto's done. Like I said, I, I, I'll, I'll wait until I get to my, to my breakdown of the conferences to talk about those other teams. But like I said, I believe we are top four seed. Easy. I'm not going, and I believe we're going to at least get to the second round of the playoffs. Fuck it. Put that shit in the air right now. This is this is this is this is great to it's great for the fact that whatever success that we're going to garner is going to be even sweeter because you can see it's you can see the fruits of the labor. It's not a get rich scheme. It's not like yeah, we just blew everybody out the box and we just bought bought our new team. No. We have a chance for longevity. First time we could say that about in the garden in years. And I, I as much as I cling on and, and love that that 2013 team, was it 13 or 12? I can't re- fucking remember it's been so long. With Melo, the 54 win team, we had a lot of vets that was on their last legs. That's why it was so crucial for us to get further than we actually did. But that's neither here nor there. But we knew that success was going to be fleeting. This one, it just hits different right now. Really hits different. Like I said, you can hear the you can hear the the enjoyment, the anticipation in my voice. You know, you, normally when it comes to basketball. I think I've said this before in the podcast, but it's been a long time, so I'm going to say it again. I don't usually go full throttle into paying attention to the NBA until Christmas at the earliest, All-Star break time at the latest. So between December and February, that's right around the time I start zeroing in. And that coincides with 
the NFL going away. Because even from then, I got a good five, six months. And by that time, I could kind of gauge from a distance, all right, is this going to be worth my time? But this year is something different, something different with the Knicks. It's just uh, it's refreshing, it's refreshing. But yeah, top four, top four, top four did a lot. <laughs> Friday night ain't a damn thing funny. Boom. Bitch, better have my money. What? What? How many? 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 How many bitches? How many bitches? That's where it's gonna be when fucking Clay Thompson, Game Six, Clay. Killer Clay comes back to the Golden State Warriors. Instead of saying, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many bitches? You're going to say, how many, how many, how many, how many, how many threes? How many threes you want? You want 10 from Steph? You want a couple from Wiggs? You want a couple from, from the young boy Poole? Shoot, Belizia, whatever the hell his name is, the new pickup. He could drop a little two or three. Clay going to come. Oh, my goodness. I have good vibes when it comes to Golden State also. Now, I'm going to be very, truly transparent. I cannot enjoy the renaissance, if you will, as much as I am enjoying it with the Knicks. Because the Knicks are in my fiber, the Knicks are in my blood, the Knicks are in my soul. For good, for bad, for better, or for worse. Golden State is more of a, 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 I won't say a flirtation. I won't say an affair either. But it's more of an appreciation, if you will. The appreciation of Steph Curry, the appreciation just of West Coast basketball to me. I was having a discussion last week, and I brought this up, and I'm like, you know what? What I think might have, I don't know if it coincided with me officially making Golden State my team, even though Golden State, I've once again, I will do a flashback. I've always fucked with Golden State from back in the days with Chris Mullen, Marshall Onis, Mitch Richmond, Run TMC. Then when they had Webber for a quick minute and Spreewell, and you still had the remnants of Run TMC, the Rebelieve, and of course, the Hampton Five of the Golden State Warriors. Now, the last two years have been pretty much like a forced regroup. The first year where, where it got uh, suspended and it ended up in the bubble, Golden State was trash. Steph got hurt at the at the beginning of the season. Draymond got hurt, and he never really was fully engaged. It was just like whatever. Last season, it was almost like they was a funny refrain on Warriors Twitter over the last year was the fact that Steve Kerr. Um, in the beginning of the season, I guess the, he he had said he wasn't going to chase wins at the expense of health, at the expense of the overall good. 
And if he would have chased wins, they probably would not have been in the predicament of fighting, clawing to get into the play-in tournament and ultimately getting eliminated in the play-in tournament by the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, 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 I remember that. <laughs> but um, two things happened last year, both on draft night. First and foremost was the catastrophic injury to Clay Thompson. Fighting back from a torn ACL, he ended up he ended up rupturing his Achilles on draft night, less than two hours before they ultimately drafted James Wiseman. James Wiseman had an up and down season, mostly down. Um, he ended up he's recuperating from off off-season surgery, I believe, to a torn meniscus. So what they did in the off-season was actually try to capitalize on the momentum that they had toward the end of last season. Steph Curry, I believe, if they would have made the playoffs, would have been the MVP. He was averaging 33 points a game. He was the scoring champion, and he single-handedly got them to the precipice of the playoffs. Like I said, if he would have got to the playoffs, he would have got MVP and Donnie would have been a rich boy. Rich man. Rich man, child. Either way, the one constant when it came to those phrases I was just spouting out my mouth would be rich. But that wasn't the case. But what they decided to do toward the end of last season was actually chase wins. And how did they chase wins? By going small. And their acquisitions and their drafting during the offseason has still gone in that direction. You have Moses Moody, who's a nice three, could probably may play the two the two and a three, and in some extreme cases probably play a small four. You had um Belizia. You got him from, I believe either Orlando or I know he was from Sacramento. He's been on like five teams. I forgot which last one he was on, but he's a good pickup, good, intelligent, high IQ pickup. They can't, they brought Andre back, Iguodala. They brought him back to, into the fold. We got Otto Porter. Damian Lee, this is his third year into the, being able to be integrated into the offense. Same thing with um one Toscato Anderson. Jordan Poole stepped it up tenfold toward the end of last season in the in the playoff round. I mean, in the playing round, and then just picked up where he left off in the preseason, and so far the first two game two games of the regular season. We have Draymond Green, who's high high IQ as always, and hopefully he would be more aggressive and not turn down shots, which leads to triple and quadruple teams against Steph Curry. But as long as Jordan Poole is shooting the lights out. That should loosen things up until Killer Clay returns. Now, this ain't the prediction part, but this is the part where I tell you where I feel the Golden State Warriors will fit in in the Western Conference. And similarly to how I feel with the Knicks, there's not that many teams I just give the pass to, like, yo, y'all got it. Tell you the truth, they ain't that one 
team in the West that I could say, yeah, y'all got it. So I feel like the floor of Golden State would be probably the Western Conference semifinals. And, of course, the ceiling would be the actual finals, the NBA finals, which means they're probably four right in the middle, which ain't too shabby, which would be the Western Conference finals. And tell me, what other team can you see that you automatically just say, what other two teams can you see that you could automatically just put above the Warriors? I'm listening. I'm listening. James Wiseman hasn't even come back yet. I'm listening. You still got Kevon Looney. Okay. Like I said, we got Steph. We got we got Dre. We got Poole. We got Damian Lee, Moody, uh, Kaminga, another rookie with uh, top, 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 top-notch athleticism. Just kind of Anderson. I mean, like, the best part of their opening night victory against the Los Angeles Lakers in the Staples Center. The best part about it was on 41, I believe on 41 made field goals, they had 30 assists, which means the ball was moving, which means a lot of open shots. And when the ball is moving and there's open shots and your players not named Steph Curry, are hitting those open shots. Just the amount, just the amount of gravity that Steph has is going to create open shots. But if the ball is moving on top of that gravity, like I said, I could see it. I could, I could see Golden State being a top four seed. Easy. Top four seed. Because I believe that this year to try to reestablish what's going on there, they're not going to take games for granted. They realize that positioning is going to be key in the longevity of their season. So I could see, I could easily see them being in the, which go in the 50 win range, top four, top three seed in the Western conference. And uh, if that, happens to be the case Steph will definitely be in the MVP race he will definitely be the front runner and Donnie will be a rich man child yes indeed now as I said in the intro I ain't breaking down division by division and I ain't talking about all the teams in the NBA. I'm going to be talking about the eight to 10 teams in each conference that I believe are going to be fighting for playoff spots and the play in tournament at the end of the season. Now, of course, yeah, that probably leaves about 10 teams out. Oh, well, well, maybe if they would have stepped up their fucking game, then there'd be more apt for me to talk about. But being the fact that they're forgettable to the league, they're forgettable to yours truly also. Yeah, I know that's some bullshit, but it is what it is. Also, in these two conferences, being the fact I just talked about the two teams that I have rooting interest in, one in each conference, yeah, there is going to lie some deep-seated bias. I personally believe the bias that some others perceive 
I acknowledge as truth. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference. Yeah, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference right now, here and now. First and foremost, the, re the reigning, returning, defending NBA world champions reside in the Eastern Conference, and they go. Or should I say they reside in Milwaukee, and they go by the name of the Bucks. So, yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I, I don't know why I'm stringing this shit out. Milwaukee returns about 90% of their team. P.J. Tucker, I believe, went to Phoenix. Why? I don't know. But he got his ring, so so be it. Giannis came into the preseason and started the season off with an abundance of confidence. The monkey is off his back. He got his ring. He's just trying to add another one to go along with his MVP, to go along with his multiple defensive of year trophies. And make that shit like an LL song. Jingling, baby. Go ahead, baby. You got Chris Middleton, I'm quite sure, is coming into the season with utmost confidence with the gold medal on top of that. Same thing with Drew Holiday. So he got the bag, a ring, and a medal in less than a year. Can't tell Drew Holiday shit. The coach now can coach with impunity. Because Budenhauser had one and a half feet out that door. But you bring home a championship, all is forgiven. Milwaukee is a definite. And I believe they're still gonna they're gonna end up being the top seed of the conference. Now, the next team is also a given when it comes to the playoffs, but the actual position in the conference is gonna vary. Due to the drama they're going through as I currently speak. And that team resides in Philly. The Sixers got bumped in the second round last year by the Atlanta Hawks. And in game seven, it was a microcosm of what was going on throughout the whole entire playoffs. And the big question that was going into last season that Doc Rivers took over the team ended up being answered in emphatic fashion. And that was Ben Simmons, ben Simmons is scared to death. He he turned down the dunk at the toward the end of game seven that ultimately helped them lose that game. He got thrown under the bus by Joel Embiid and Doc Rivers immediately after that game and throughout the offseason. Now, everybody knows, Daryl Morley included, everybody knew that Ben did not want to come back to Philly. And at that time, Philly did not want Ben to come back. But they played themselves something awful. Because Daryl Morley, Daryl Morey, is looking at him as an asset. No, nothing more, nothing less. He's totally taken, he's taken the analytical and statistical slant to the extreme. I'll say it like that. You have a distressed 
asset. There's no way in hell you're going to be able to recuperate that distressed asset enough to get equal or fair value. You must let go. But he's arrogant. He, I believe he feels that any day now, he'll be able to flip Ben Simmons for uh, Damon, uh, Damon Lillard. Lillard ain't going to Philly. If he leaves, he's going to New York. Everybody knows this. But he's so arrogant. He turned, I'm quite sure he turned down the CJ, the CJ, um, the rumor CJ trade, and that would have been the perfect fit. Say the truth, probably might have been the perfect fit for both teams. But that's a pipe dream now. They ain't giving up CJ for Ben's, Ben Ben with the head case. Now, at the beginning of this, I took Ben Simmons aside because I felt like he was getting a raw deal. But when you let it be known that the only reason you're there is because I don't want to get fined, I want I want to get paid. Um, I lost, I fucked up that first check, and I don't plan on missing any others. But you're coming in there with the attitude like everybody did you wrong, but you're not taking any accountability for what you did. You he could have handled it better. I'm not saying he doesn't have a right to feel the way he feels, but the way he's going about it. He's acting like a petulant child. And that's the discreet way of me saying he's acting like a B-I-T-C-H. Point blank. Now, I feel Joel and B is the same to a certain degree. He's the type of dude that will throw a rock at you and hide his hands. And then point and talk about he did it, him did it. Or he'll say some slide shit in in the media. But then when it's face to face, you know, you know, they 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 misconstrued my words. They didn't they got him out of the wrong context. I didn't say I don't care about that man. I said I don't care about a man. To be specific, I don't care about another man. That's what I said, but you didn't hear that part. You, they chopped it. They manipulated it. Okay, Ben. Yeah, that's that. I could, I could, I, I swear that's probably Embiid's explanation, if he got confronted. But I doubt he got confronted because Ben don't talk and Ben don't confront anybody or anything, and that's half the problem. He needs to confront his own demons in his head. It's basketball demons, I'm saying. I know nothing about that man uh, personally. But I know whatever's going on, he needs to fix that. And I really feel Maury is exacerbating the problem by going on radio and saying, well, you know, uh, if I can't get fair value, you know, since he's signed for another four years, it's going to be a long four years. Buckle up. Really? So you're saying because... You're not able or capable of doing the job that you're getting paid for that another man's career has to ultimately suffer. And I'm spending way too many, too much time to the Sixers. But yeah, they have enough talent to get into the playoffs. But this top two or three seed that everybody's talking about, that's, that's not going to happen. As long as they have this Ben Simmons thing hovering over them, it's not going to happen. Now, another franchise that has bad mojo over them, seems to be the Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets, to me, 
They're dealing with the Kyrie situation. And the Kyrie situation, for those who do not know, is as follows. The state or the city of New York specifically has a mandate stating that if you are not vaccinated, you cannot go be any type of public gatherings or should I say public arenas such as uh, theaters, stadiums. Uh, yeah, theaters, stadiums, public uh, restaurants got to be vaccinated. And there is no exemptions. Kyrie is not vaccinated. And as I stated in a couple episodes prior, he said he's not anti-vax. He just does not feel that it should be a mandate. So there was scuttlebutt going on. And I believe it was discussed internally that the Nets were considering having him play in just role games. Finally, uh, Sean Mark came down with the edict that says either it's all or nothing. If he's not able to comply with the mandates, then unfortunately he will have to stay home and away from the team. While this is going on, you got Kevin Durant who recently re-upped and signed an extension, so he's locked in. Kyrie, it is not. Kyrie's extension has been pulled. James Harden has an extension on the table that he has not signed as of yet. I believe the word going around is he's really contemplating on trying to reconnect with Daryl Morey in Philly at the end of the season. That's why he has not resigned with the Nets as of yet. Plus, he is already tied of the Tyree charade. So, this is another team that based on the collective talent of Kevin Durant and James Harden, they're automatically, I believe there was a poll that close to 80% of those polled, I believe the GMs of the league believe that the Brooklyn Nets are going to win a championship. And I... I'm going against the grain right now. Not only because I personally hate the Nets. It's just the fact that I feel like it's not going to happen. Because I don't don't believe that Kyrie is ever coming back. I believe he is going to be stubborn. He is going to ride out his contract. They are not going to resign. He is not going to resign. And he is going to go to another team next year that he doesn't have to deal with the mandates. Because it is always one team in the league that will do in the best interest of themselves, fuck everybody else. Yeah. Now, also, basketball-wise, the Nets, to me, at the beginning of the season last year and the beginning of the season this year, are two vastly different teams. Of course, they got rid of Levert in the t- in the trade to acquire Harden. Then when he was hurt, they did not choose to retain him. They got rid of Jared Allen, also in the trade to acquire Harden. Now, here's the players that I can recall off the top of my head. You have Bruce Brown. You have Blake Griffin, Odin Walsh. You have LaMarcus Aldridge, who chose to come back out of retirement because last year, before he retired, he was with the Nets because he got bought out by the San Antonio Spurs, and due to an, uh, what was it, erratic heartbeat, he retired. 
He felt like he was able to withstand. He got cleared. He came back. But he has looked slow and out of shape. And I believe before that problem was diagnosed, he was on his way out the league. They got Paul Millsap. They brushed off the dust out of Paul Millsap. You got KD and you got um Harden. Yeah. You tell me. Does that smell of a championship team? I like like I said last year, what KD did, even in a losing effort, was enough for me never to slander that man when it comes to basketball ever again. And I believe if they get to the finals with this current roster, if Kevin Durant is not the best player in the world right now, he will be the best player in the world far and away. He will be far and away number one. So those are three teams right there. Yeah, those are those are definites. You got Atlanta, who's coming back with the squad. You got Trey Young. You got Collins. You got Capella. You got Lou Will. You got Nate McMillan as the head coach from the beginning of the season, from the beginning of training camp. They're going to be a tough out. You got the Miami Heat, who uh, acquired the aforementioned Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry is like 37, 38 years old. Everybody's talking about, yeah, he's the piece to put them over the... If y'all get the fuck out of here. You got Jimmy Butler, who's recuperating from an early exit last year. You got Bam Adebayo. So who knows how well he's going to be coming off an injury. You got Tyler Hero. Okay, Spolster is a damn good coach. I'll give him credit. But um, like I said, all this, all this Miami could be in the top four. See, fuck it. No, no, no. They are not going to be. They're not going to be a top four seed. You got the Boston Celtics. Who got Jalen Brown. Who returned to Jalen Brown. And Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown dropped 46 in a losing effort against my beloved New York Knicks. They got Schroeder off the scrap heap. After he turned down the $84 million from the Lakers. And then after a while the Lakers said, no, 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 no. Don't worry about it. Should have signed it when you had the chance. Huh. I just got a break it, a breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Altercation on the bench between the Los Angeles Lakers, Anthony Davis, and Dwight Howard. Perhaps over the discussion of being snubbed off the all-time top 75 players of all time in the NBA. Probably not, but drama, drama everywhere. The Washington Wizards is an interesting team. The Washington Wizards have a deep lineup, but I'm not going to even get into their lineup. They have Spencer Dinwiddie, who they picked up, uh, I believe, free agent, or they did a sign and trade with the Nets. I, I, I don't remember. They have Kyle Kuzma that they acquired in the trade of Russell Westbrook, and they have Bradley Beal. That's a nice three. You got Hashimura who's pretty damn sturdy, 
and he in which guard I believe he has two level two more levels he can he can acquire to be. Well, I should say aspire to be. And they're even though I believe they they have a new coach, because I know they did not retain Scott Brooks, but I believe they are going to keep with the running gun and try to run you out the gym to try to compensate for their lack of defense. And last but not least, the Chicago Bulls with Adam Levine. Adam Levine? Isn't that the guy from Room Room 5? Zach Levine. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Anyway, you got Zach Levine and you got DeMar DeRozan. Which, oh yeah, and they acquired Alex Caruso from the Lakers, who I believe will be sorely missed in La La Land. Actually, maybe they not, might not be sorely missed in La La Land because no, because Melo and La La getting divorced. I can already say La La in La La Land, so they wouldn't be. But no, see, here I go. Chicago will be in the mix. But I believe they will be fighting for the the seventh to eighth seed, trying to get home field or home court advantage in the playing tournament. I don't believe they're going to be a factor. I don't care how much y'all think that Levine is going to take that next step. I don't believe he is going to take enough steps to drag them across the finish line. Because last year, what was the problem? They had a chance. They was neck and neck. We was all neck and neck in that five, six, seven, eight range. And they the bottom fell out. They made a trade and the bottom fell out. We ascended without no trade. And as a Knicks fan, I will never, I don't care who is on the roster, I will never give Chicago any type of love. So I'm going to roll, I mean, I'm going to go down. And recap the teams I believe are going to be in contention to be in the playoffs out the Eastern Conference. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Brooklyn Nets, the Philadelphia 76ers, the Miami Heat, the Atlanta Hawks, the Boston Celtics, my beloved New York Knicks, and fighting for those. Seven, eight, nine slots or the eight, nine, ten slots, if you will. The Chicago Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets. Yeah. Um, Indiana, perhaps, will be on the outside looking in. Detroit Pistons have no chance in hell. Who else is there? Toronto is rebuilding. A lot of teams, a lot of teams, a lot of teams on the outskirts that have no Orlando. Normally they're scrappy, but I believe they're coming in with a new coach. Uh, I believe they got rid of Clifford or is Clifford in, in, in Charlotte right now. It seems like Clifford was in Charlotte and then he went to Orlando or vice versa. But I think, uh, yeah, Clifford, I believe, is in Orlando. I think he was in Charlotte. But I don't believe he's in Orlando anymore. Regardless, Orlando ain't shit. We just bust their ass by 30. 
Who else is there? Yeah, I think that's it. So um, that is my view, my thoughts, my saucy thoughts for the Eastern Conference in the National Basketball Association. The Wild Wild West. The Wild Wild West. Yeah, I got to get out that habit. Anyway, yeah, Western Conference preview. I already discussed my Golden State Warriors, so I will get to the rest. And it's actually stacked. It's actually stacked. But let me go down the line. The Los Angeles Lakers return after being eliminated in the first round last year. But two, I will give them this. They were injured. Anthony Davis was battling a calf injury that a lot of people suspected was and I believe proved to be partial Achilles injury. LeBron James was fighting back from a severe high ankle sprain, amongst others. And just the total fatigue and the total, uh, yeah, the total fatigue of having to go into the play-in tournament against LeBron James' wishes. Once again, I will be biased when it comes to the Western Conference also because my root and interest is the Golden State Warriors. And also, I am a LeBron hater. Yes, a LeBron hater. Have no ill will against the Lakers, but I have all ill will against LeBron. Because the world is filled with pimps and hoes, I'm just talking about those I know. The world is mine, can't you see? I'm just trying to be all I can be. Oh, yeah. But the world is also filled with LeBron cocksuckers. You know there was a reason why I went into that spiel or went into that little uh, snippet. I wasn't doing that just because. The reason I say that is because no matter what LeBron does, no matter what LeBron concocts, it's always met with a ray of sunshine. It's always met with the smell of roses. And this current Los Angeles Lakers roster is a perfect microcosm. What the fuck I'm talking about? Now, the Lakers brought back Dwight Howard after he didn't want to go last year. LeBron has this has this habit. When his back is against the wall, he prefers trusted veterans. I get it. Last year, he turned over the predominantly veteran roster that he went he won the bubble chip with. And he tried to integrate it with a younger version, and he got bumped out the first round. So LeBron's like, no, 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 I ain't, I ain't falling for that trick again. Nope. I'm going to call in some favors. I'm going to call in some friends. I'm going to bring in some retreads, and we're going to run this back. So he brought back Dwight Howard. He brought back Ray John Rondo. He picked up the phone. He told Melo, yo, it's time. Melo's like, time for what? Yo, Melo, yo, 
Yo, bro, it's time. Mellow's like, time for what? Yo, it's it's time for you to come with me. Come under the wing. Come to the Lakers. Mellow was like, you know what? Fuck it. Dame got one foot out the door. CJ might be getting traded. They're not really trying to off me like a like like a big real heavy bag. I probably got one year left in the league. And I know LeBron, just for the fact of being LeBron, is always going to be in the discussion of getting a ring. So fuck it. All right. Time's up. LeBron's like, what do you mean? Mel's like, time's up. LeBron's like, what you mean? Mel's like, my man, you said it's time. I said, all right, fine. Time's up. <laughs> Forgive me. Anyway. So they got Melo. Now, this is the one move that, um, if you think about it, makes no sense whatsoever. Name-wise, name recognition-wise, yeah, okay. But we're not playing 2K. We're not even playing NBA Live. Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James on the same team. I don't care. I'm not even... My problem with that, with that fit, is the lack of lack thereof. I'm not talking about personality fit. I'm not saying they're gonna be bickering on and off the court. I'm not even gonna say they're not gonna jive with each other. It's not what I'm saying. But the fit, LeBron always thrives when he has knockdown snipers that he can penetrate and kick out. He needs them for at least the spacing to go. In the hole. That's why his team up with Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is a dominant big that can leave and which that can score away from the rim and it does not clog up the lane for LeBron. Russell needs the ball. Russ plays at 110 miles per hour. Russ needs everything to revolve around Russ. How is this going to work? He was already minus 23 in the first game. He was four, I believe, four of 19 from the field. I might be over-exaggerating, but I know he, had, he was like 413, 415, something to that effect. He had his first triple single in years. What what are they going to do? What shooting do they have? Wayne Ellington? Kent Bazemore? That's your shooting? Horton Tucker. Okay. He's hurt. We're just shooting. Avery, Avery Bradley was the one that was keeping him in the game last, the first game against the Warriors. Avery Bradley. Who we just, we, as in the Warriors, because I'm talking about the West now, we just released them. Against Stephen Dre's wishes, but that's who your outside threat is. I believe they have an average age of 34 years of years of age when it comes to that team. 
like I said, they they let Caruso go. They traded Kuzma. So whatever semblance of youth they had is on other teams. It's all or nothing. To LeBron's credit, he resigned, I believe, in the offseason or last year. So pretty much he's there. So it's not like he's setting them up for failure, but once LeBron goes, that's it. That's it. And I'm really interested in seeing or hearing what was this altercation about on on the bench. I'll hope to find out by the end of this episode. If not, I will fill y'all in next week. But yeah, that's way more time on the Lakers than I needed to give. The next team that is a gimme for the playoffs, but I believe they're the ultimate tease. No matter what the fuck they do in the regular season, this season, and going forward, we'll be met with a side eye, we'll be met with disgust, we'll be met with just, matter of fact, probably people might, might not even care. And that team I'm talking about is the Utah Jazz, headed by Donovan Mitchell. His running back, Mike Conley, hopefully will not get injured at the most inopportune time, like at, that's apt to happen every time he's on a team that has a chance to make some noise. You got Ingles still still around. You got Clarkson still coming off the bench, firing, gunning, sniping. But it doesn't matter. You got you got you got Snyder, the coach, who's a damn good coach. But it, like I said last year during the playoffs, and like I'm saying now, Utah doesn't matter. Nobody roots for Utah. Nobody wants Utah to win. They got the most fly ass roster, and nobody's rooting for Utah. But they will be in the playoffs. The Phoenix Suns. I this this one is this one is interesting to me. The Phoenix Suns, I believe, are going to make the playoffs, but I believe they're going to be more on the bottom tier and not the top tier. You have Chris Paul, who's another year older. I believe he's that the Phoenix Suns is also one of those teams that they missed their shot. Everything fell right for them last year. Fell for them right. Every team, and and I'm not going to knock them for taking advantage of what happened, but the Lakers end up being injured. Denver was injured. The Clippers was injured. Went against the Bucks. They was up 2-0. Bottom fell out. And I wonder how the ongoing contract dispute with DeAndre Ayton and the management is going to affect his mindset going into the season and and affect the overall chemistry when it comes to the team. But Phoenix will be in contention for that 6-7 slot. The Memphis Grizzlies, fresh off their first-round exit in last year's playoffs, return with a healthy, hopefully, Jaron Jackson. They return with uh, John Morant. They return with a very, very young, but very experienced core led by head bulldog Aaron Brooks, who's currently injured, but when he comes back, he gives them the identity, Believe I believe. I believe this is a younger iteration of the grindhouse teams 
led by Zebo and, and Tony Allen. They're going to be in the playoffs, and they're going to be a hard out for whoever they come around. But once again, they will be on the bottom tier. They'll be fighting for that 6-7 slot, try to stay out the playing round. The Los Angeles Clippers will be without Kawhi Leonard more likely for the rest for this for this on um, for this entire year. He is recuperating from ACL from an ACL injury, and so therefore they will be led by Paul George. And as I've said in the past, and I will say right now, Paul George operates well. Paul George performs way better when he operates as a solo act, meaning. The team, the offense, is runs and built around him. I believe the ceiling on these Clippers, because you have Terrence Mann with another year, you brought Reggie Jackson back, and he has way more confidence than he probably needs to have, but it works for him, so he's going to let that shit ride. They no longer have Patrick Beverly. I believe the ceiling for the Clippers is finally getting to the finals. And the floor is actually the conference finals. I believe the Clippers have the potential to be that damn good because I believe in Ty Lue. And I believe Ty Lue is that damn good. The Denver Nuggets, with the reigning, returning, defending MVP, Nikola Jokic, will be getting Jamal Murray back sometime this season. They have Michael Porter Jr., who's still ascending to that star range, even though his thoughts are here and there and probably put his brain in a bird box and the bird box will fly backwards. The Denver Nuggets is a damn good team coached by Mr. Malone, um, which called Coach Malone, Mike Malone. And they're pretty much a gimme when it comes to the comes to the playoffs. And uh it all the only dip I believe they're having this season is when Murray comes back and they have to integrate him back into the into the rotation and into the offense. And he's gonna get his legs under he has he's gonna have to get his legs underneath him. But I still believe. Denver is a gimme. Now for the rest. The Dallas Mavericks, who I mentioned previously in the Knicks segment. The Dallas Mavericks, being the fact that Luka is that damn good, even though he's a little whiny little you-know-what, I believe they're going to be in the playoffs, but they will be fighting for to stay out of that playing round. They'll be fighting for... The, uh, the six seven slot. You got Luca, who will be in the MVP discussion if he stays injury free. You got Chris Stapps, who will be trying to sabotage Luca's MVP campaign every chance he gets. <laughs> you have Tim Hardaway, who will be ultimately failing to live up to the lofty aspirations, the expectations that everybody had for him coming out of Michigan. And you will have Jason Kidd plotting and scheming on how 
to wrest the power of the franchise away from Mark Cuban. With all that drama going on in the background, the Dallas Mavericks will be in the playoffs, and they'll be in that mid five to six range. I almost forgot about Dame Dollar and the Portland Trailblazers being headed by new head coach Sean T. Billups and with the potential of Dame finally leaving the franchise, hovering over the franchise, I believe all eyes will be on Chauncey Billups to see if he can develop a culture that Dame will buy into to the point of rescinding. Well, he, he, he hasn't requested at all. So let me take, let me rescind that comment back, but try to instill a culture for Dane to reconsider his potential exit strategy when it comes to the Portland Trailblazers. But unfortunately, they lost who they uh they got Powell still, but they lost Mello. Uh they got Yusuf Nurkic, who I believe is in his last year of his deal. So he probably will be on the trading block if he remains healthy. And but if he shows out. I can see them trying to hold on to him to try to uh, raise their stakes, raise their chances in going into the playoffs. But Jurkic, I think we all know he is what he is, and it just doesn't—it's just not working. But Blazers will be fighting to stay out of. I, matter of fact, I believe they'll be fighting to get into the play-in tournament, along with the New Orleans Pelicans. Returning with Zion, Zion Williamson, who is currently out with a foot injury. It seems like every year, at the beginning of the year, he's coming into the season with or fighting an injury. Last year, I believe it was knee. This year, it's his foot. It's only a matter of time before Zion starts uh, getting whispers in his ears of getting out of the bayou. And I believe they will be fighting for a play in spots. Ultimately, I believe they might. Well, ultimately, I believe they will get into the play-in. But um, like I said, this is not really prediction time, but they will be in the running. Let's just say that. And then last but not least, the San Antonio Spurs, who got rid of everybody. No longer do they have Patty Mills. No longer do they have DeMar DeRozan. No longer do they have LaMarcus Aldridge. But they still have Greg Popovich. And as long as they have Greg Popovich, they will always be in the discussion of being in the final eight. And in this case, the final 10. If you ask me to name two players off them, I will fail. All I know is DeJounte Murray. That's all I know. But it doesn't matter because Pop would say today. So. These are the teams, no, in no particular order, but these are the teams that will be in contention at the end of the season to be the top 10 of the Western Conference. I'm not counting out Sacramento. They have a chance from the periphery to uh, get into the playoffs, but it all depends on exactly how they navigate the latest mess they have dealing with Marvin Bagley. And the accusations that his agent is throwing out that they are sabotaging the request made and supposedly granted 
of Bagley being traded off that team. But just for the collection of talent they have, if they have some type of semblance of order, leadership, they should be in contention. I mean, you got Buddy Hill and you got De- um, De'Aaron Fox. Come on now. They have to. Um, You got the Houston Rockets who are totally in rebuilding, in rebuilding time. Who else is there? If I can't remember, that means they don't matter. So I'm going to talk about the teams that matter. We got the Los Angeles Lakers, the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, the Memphis Grizzlies, the Los Angeles Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans, the San Antonio Spurs, the Dallas Mavericks, and bringing up the rear, the Portland Trail Blazers. Those are the teams that you need to look out for in this coming year. And that brings us to the end of Donnie's second annual half-assed Inbury preview. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of another edition. Matter of fact, it is not just in another edition. It is, in fact, the end of Donnie's second annual half-assed NBA preview. And if you made it this far, I'm quite sure now you know why half-assed entails. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Next week, we will be back on a regular schedule. And we'll be back with the regular itinerary of things that we talk about here. And that will be the return of my New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets to this podcast because they return on the field this coming Sunday in New England, in Foxborough, against the hated rival New England Patriots. We'll talk about the aftermath that happens with that. And I will be talking about the New York football giants who host the Carolina Panthers and host my former quarterback, Sam Donald, and see if they can actually get a win this week. And being the fact that I just gave you a half-assed preview of the NBA, if anything really happened important in the NBA, I'll sprinkle in a couple thoughts of that. That's what's coming up next week. (sighs) Yeah, get back in the swing of things. But uh, to truly get back in the swing of things, you know what time it's and you know what time it is right now. Here come the plugs! Easytree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. Easytree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. For everything Donnie Ooh. This podcast you're hearing can be reached at Easytree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh merch can be bought at Easytree.me slash Royal Donnie Ooh. And all of Donnie Ooh slash Donnie Child's music can be heard at easytree.me slash Rota Donnie Ooh. The Salty Thoughts of Donnie Ooh podcast 
can be heard on all streaming platforms wherever podcasts are available. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor FM, just to name a few. You can hear yours truly spew his salty thoughts on those platforms. Now with moi out the way, check out my boy, the Mojo King, and his podcast, Hidden Gems Golf, Hidden Gems Golf, for insight on the world of fantasy sports, specifically fantasy golf. Check out Hidden Gems Golf. Also, like I said, he likes to double his pleasure. He got Hidden Gems, well, my bad, Hip Hop Hidden Gems. I knew I was going to fuck up at least one time doing these plugs. Hip Hop Hidden Gems, where him and his co-host, Willie Freeman, unearth the hidden gems in the world of hip hop. Those two podcasts are part of the 19 Media Group. Check out my boy, the Mojo King. As always, for the wrestling heads out there, check out the Black Wrestling Podcast. The homies, brother Fan, Cal, Drip, Math. Check them out on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Yeah. Like I said, next week, regularly scheduled program, regularly scheduled time, and all the other good Batman shit. And I feel a fuck up about to happen, so I'm going to cut this right now. Until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Next selection. Yeah. Hey, it's all less for press, baby. Just rock with me now. And I'm just running, make low so. In case you ain't no so. Yeah. You got fashion and style. I'm loving your smile. Uh-huh. And the way you get down. Rock with me now. Yeah. I can't see no one else. No. It's you by yourself, yeah, in spite of the crowd Baby, no one else matters I started off with the kiss, uh-huh. yeah. never expecting this uh-huh. Now I'm in coping with my addiction, addiction I started off with the kiss, uh-huh. yeah. never expecting this uh-huh. Now I'm in coping with my addiction While all the girls say I'm addicted to you Hoping you notice the way that I like
Your heart beats for me Girl, I hear the sound And it only gets better hey. It started off with a kiss uh -huh. You yeah. never expecting this uh -huh. no. Now I'm in coping with My addiction Addiction oh. Started off with a kiss uh -huh. You yeah. never expecting this uh -huh. no. Now I'm in coping with My addiction While all the girls say I'm addicted to Find out, I got you in me, wind out I get them hooked like I threw a fishing line out My white girl keep me fed or lined out I'm 2G, so I stay Gucci signed out And I get so much attention They sit and talk about me like intervention They say that white phantom looks so cocaine I hop out the suicides looking so Cobain And I just call me love when they know your name They like low so we already know so dang They come back one more grams Right back like Lindsay out the program Yeah Street